Welcome to episode 27 of The Locker Room. I do want to apologize for yesterday. Unfortunately, we couldn't get our episode out, but we are super thrilled to have the episode come out today. We have an awesome interview with Sammy Fishbein, the Chief Creative Officer of Betches Media. As always, I'm Johnny Lazarus, and I do want to say what up to Cappy. Cappy, how you doing? What's up, guys? All is well. So happy to bring you guys an interview. Obviously, you guys got trapped in a little hurricane action there, and I don't know how used to you hurricanes you guys are. Us Floridians down here, we take hurricanes lightly we don't care about them at all but like you said so happy to bring the sammy interview to you guys on a nice little thursday but uh what's up with you maxi etches what's <laughs> up um you know power's back long day yesterday we'll say this it's hurricanes up north is like snow down south I'm sure you guys freak out if you get a little snow down in florida but we um, do maxi but we don't get it often no <laughs> Yeah, speaking of not having hurricanes in New York, Max, the last time I was in New York um, when I was playing for the Apple Corps in Long Beach, I think it was Hurricane Sandy or something crazy. That it was a Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. yeah. So, dude, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but if I haven't, it was like the worst week of my life. And like my parents and my girlfriend and my girlfriend's best friend, who's one of my best friends, girl Taylor Perone, come up to visit me this week, dude. The week that Sandy hits, and they were trapped up there for almost a month. That sucks, man. Thankfully, I thankfully, I had family in Merrick, and they stayed there. But, dude, like, I left my billet house to obviously stay with them and my family during this hurricane. And the water, when I tell you, was, like, this close to coming in the house. And for people who can't see my hand, I'm, I'm smudging my fingers very, very close <laughs> together because it was that fucking close. But it was, it was like, weird, though, dude, because, like, people in New York, like, oh, there's a storm coming, like, whatever. It's not a big deal. Because, like, literally just everything's been going on, like, this little tropical storm didn't mean fucking shit to us, you know? Dude, Hurricane Sandy, I lost power for three three or four weeks. This this is oh, yeah. this was nothing compared to Sandy. Well, you looked like you had yourself a nice little afternoon there, Max. Huh? What'd you do during the hurricane when your power was out? No power, no Wi-Fi, no LTE because the Verizon tower was down. No cellular connection. <laughs> so my dad and I, we drove to Starbucks. We um, So I, I go in to order order two cups of coffee. Their servers are down, free coffee on the house. I'm like, okay, at least, uh, you know, at least I get free coffee while I'm having to deal with this, this nightmare right now. Mm-hmm. Go out and we're using the Starbucks Wi-Fi and working out of the car basically the whole day, taking calls, <laughs> sending out emails, because that was the only way we can get Wi-Fi or any type of connection to send out texts or anything. That's when a, that's when a good idea would be like the office, the episode of the office where they work from the, the van. Uh-huh. Obviously, I've seen that one, right? I think Creed hops on and playing hooky today. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I forgot about that. Yeah, that episode's awesome. Yeah, Maxie, I don't know how you did that, honestly. Like, I'm unemployed and I'm just chilling at home. I can't imagine going into an office, let alone parking outside Starbucks and doing work for my car for eight hours. But that being said, I do want to say the only hurricane that I was truly concerned about for the last two days was the Carolina Hurricanes because they knocked out my beautiful New York Rangers. Yeah, that was pretty upsetting, and I want to give credit to Sarah Sivian for not giving us too much shit throughout that process. Um, mm. I was pretty, I was pretty high on social media. I don't know if you saw my Twitter about the Rangers and Sarah. Obviously, didn't keep quiet about her Carolina, but she didn't chirp us too hard. So, yeah, congrats to Carolina. That's all. Kathy was an analyst for the last three days, <laughs> tweeting stats and shit. Hey, calm down. All right. <laughs> Other than that, a couple people have asked me to follow up on. The first time that my parents met my girlfriend Ellie's parents, especially my good friend Trista Maddie, I got to give her a shout out. She's probably on her morning walk right now. I'm sure a lot of you listening right now have had that 
like fake behavior kind of scene scenario where like you know people are just watching you to see how you interact with other people and then you know everyone's talking about it after you leave one of those things like my parents came they were on their best behavior they left and it's like oh we loved your parents they're so nice but like you know little do they know like what my you know my parents were just on their <laughs> tame level you know i mean like it's just it's like one of those funny things like and, and i say like there's so many like little situations in life where you leave and you just know people are talking about you so it's kind of like I wonder what Ellie's family actually said when I wasn't there, you know, like, oh, my God, his family sucks. You know, imagine. But you guys, I'm sure you've experienced that, Cap. Could you believe his father? No. I mean, <laughs> no, I've definitely had a, a couple experiences like that. The first comment you said, though, how you, like, have to act a certain way sometimes around people, like you first meet. I don't know if you remember this, but everybody always calls me out on this. Every time I'm at a restaurant, I always change my voice when I'm ordering food. I, 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 I turn, like, very, like, polite. I'll be like f-bombing this person f-bombing that one at the table and then she comes and she's like oh hey, man I take your order i'm like oh my god yes can i i would love the chicken parmesan and like what's your soup of the day <laughs> and then like and, and then she leaves and i'm like back to oh yeah fuck you guys <laughs> and like i really hope that no coaches are listening or anybody that <laughs> but like when i was younger or like when i'm being scouted i'm a totally different person when a coach calls on the phone i'm like the end all super Jew, very nice, like very, just like very polite. And I guess like, that's just like certain people have, like you don't need to do that. But like, I guess when you have a personality like I do, and I'm very, very aggressive and talk a lot, I guess you have to have kind of a change of personality when you're talking to people of like a different scenery. I think the biggest thing with it, and this also goes with how you dress, whether you have a client coming in, if your client dresses like a certain way, if your client dresses in suit, then you have to dress in a suit. If the people you're interacting with is going to be really polite and really nice, you then have to reciprocate kind of that behavior right back at them. Yeah, no, and it's like going back to what Johnny said about him meeting his parents. It's like, let's just say his parents. You meeting, you meeting my parents? <laughs> meeting Ellie's parents, sorry. But it's like, for instance, let's say Ellie's dad loved like the ballet or loved something like that. And it's like, you know, maybe you you you, you did your research on the ballet, even though you hate it. You did your research before. You know some specific guys, and you got your shit down so that he likes you. Or it's like specific situations like that, you know what I mean? That's just like being a super kiss-ass, though, I feel like. No, but I'm saying, like, the first time you meet him. Like, let's say, the, dude, this guy was just the biggest baseball fan ever, and you didn't know uh, shit about it. He him. is, actually, and I don't know shit about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, but like, obviously, yeah. you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you don't, you don't care. You'll be like, yeah, I fucking hate baseball. You're like, oh, I was like, I love Carlos Delgado and Cliff Floyd. I played the Mets 20 years ago. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. You know. What but I mean? uh, no, no, it, it is funny. And I was gonna ask you guys, like, do you, like I feel like in our lifetime, just being a professional in the workplace is just gonna be so out the window. Is that a talking, wait, wait, wait? Are you talking about like? that's from our experiences like when we go into the workplace or? no i'm saying like like 50 years from now and this might be the dumbest thing i've ever said but i just feel like in the office or like on the phone in meetings like let's just cut this shit let's just have an honest conversation you know let's be so professional you know what i mean i don't know it's just like because dude like look at look at people's linkedin profiles and look at their twitter it's like ends with a work environment once you're working for a while you you start to you start to give give no fucks what people think <laughs> about you but it's it's mainly like you're just who you are. Mm -hmm. I, and also, if you build a relationship with someone and they're coming back and you're going to do a deal, 
you're not going to be, it's none of that like cookie cutter, like conversation starters. It's going to be, Hey, how are you? How's what you think of the Met game last night? And then when you sit down, obviously it's still business because there's two sides of it, but Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's going to be like laughing and and jokes being cracked when you're sitting down and like uh, meeting for a deal. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what the last in 50 years, I hope that people are just eating a lot of bagels. They're just spreads of bagels in the workplace. (laughs) But speaking of bagels, when thinking about Long Island bagels, Bagel Boss is the first thing that immediately comes to mind. At Bagel Boss, we look forward to bringing you the finest New York bagels, bialis, and bakery delicacies. We offer a wide variety of kosher foods for every occasion, from a simple family brunch to an extravagant and elegant bar mitzvah. Bagel Boss does it all. Out of state, not a problem. Bagel Boss ships nationwide. Visit our new website, bagelofthemonth.com, to have all our award-winning products shipped directly to your front door anywhere in the U.S. Use code LATKA10 for 10% off. That's L-A-T-K-E-10 for 10% off. But I do think we should go into the interview with Sammy. I really think you guys will enjoy it, so let's send it over. Let's do it. Enjoy. This girl grew up in Roslyn, New York, and was bat mitzvahed at Temple Beth Shalom. In 2011, during her senior year at Cornell University, her and her friends Aileen Cooperman and Jordana Abraham created their website called Betches Love This. It started with a blog and an idea to create a female counterpart to the bro culture that was super popular at that time. Since then, she has become the founder and chief creative officer for the empire that is now known as Betches. She, along with her partners on Betches, also made it onto the Forbes 30 under 30 list in 2019. She's currently the host of the podcast, Betches Sup and Diet Starts Tomorrow, and is also the co-author of the books, When's Happy Hour, Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work, and Nice Is Just a Place in France. She was a PC at Camp Blue Ridge in 2004, and we are so excited to have her on. Welcome to the Locker Room Podcast, Sammy Fishbein. Sammy, what's Hi. Up? Thanks for having me. I, I doubt you've ever been introduced as a PC in 2004 before. No, that was a delight to hear that throwback, to be honest. The camp scene is fascinating this year. I've been, I've never been more interested in the camp scene than in 2020. <laughs> it's just, a, it is a crazy time though, because I mean, we talk about sleepaway camp a lot on here, but it, it, like if I was a 10 year old, 11 year old, like, I don't know what I, you know, it just, it's, it's kind of, I don't know. You just don't really know what's going on. It's, it's hard to adjust to like what your summer would be, I feel like. I would have been devastated. Like, I was fully that person who, as they say, lived 10 months for two. And, <laughs> and I would have just been completely – I would. I don't even know what I would have done. Like, I would not have been okay. Well, from my, from my perspective, so I'm, I'm, the t- I'm the odd one out here. I never went to sleepaway camp, so I, I get all the info from the boys right here and stuff like that. But I would be more pissed if I was the parents. Like, get these kids out of my fucking house for a couple months. Now they're trapped here. Like, screw the kids. Okay, obviously the kids you know, have a great time. But come on now, give me a break. These parents are probably in so much agony right now. Oh, yeah. Like, th- honestly, we – so we have some, you know, people who work at Betches who are, who are parents, and they yeah. have to deal with this, like, online school. Mm-hmm. And it's apparently, from what they say – a nightmare and there's just there's articles about how horrible it is how parents are like traumatized from having to like, work and and also like deal with their kids zoom school which is insane oh. and i just can't even imagine like 
not having that summer break from mm-hmm. having yeah. to do that. Like, especially what are they even going to do at home? Mm-hmm. Run, run, run your own little sleepaway camp, daddy daycare. Yeah. <laughs> like the Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> yeah, the Eddie Murphy movie, exactly. There definitely is a uh, much higher appreciation for teachers now, though, after all this. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. It's like. Oh yeah, your salaries yeah. too uh, got bumped up, didn't they? Did they not? I know my aunt. Uh, there's a lot of teachers in my uh, in my family. I'm pretty sure the, the salaries got bumped up by like at least ten grand or ten grand, I think, or something like that. At least in Florida, that is maybe. Yeah. I don't know about New York. Where are you in Florida? Uh, Coral Springs, so like down south. Nice. The Fort Lauderdale area. I tell people. Boca, nice. actually Boca. You know the Boca <laughs> bitches. Okay, I was Boca just bitches. I was. I was wondering, are we in, like, the trifecta of Long Island, you know, oh, yeah. what's going on? Like, <laughs> geographically, much. what is the Jewish geography of the Zoom right now? Syosset, Port Washington, and uh, Coral Springs, Florida. Okay, and Manhattan, so yes, you got to yeah. cover. Triple threat. But, Sammy, speaking of summer plans, I don't know if this is, like, a soft topic or not, but I know you are engaged and we're supposed to get married this summer. Um, we're very curious as to, like, how you're planning on your wedding party now because we have seen zoom weddings but we want to hear your perspective so it's actually funny that you asked that because not even like 20 minutes before we got on this podcast did my fiance and i his name's avi so i don't have to keep being like my fiance um (laughs) avi and i um actually like kind of finalize a plan or not finalize hardly saying finalize but really like try to start to solidify what we're actually going to do um we were supposed to get married in april in florida so we were in florida um parkland we were renting like a house that's literally like my hometown that's like two (laughs) minutes right outside the block beautiful we're having people in i think the coral springs marriott i want to say um (laughs) yeah crash happy well not anymore sadly but so so we were basically we were gonna rent like we we really wanted to do like a backyard wedding in like a tent and like everything outdoors that's kind of like what we had wanted this whole time that obviously couldn't happen so our next step of our plan was that we had like we had booked um we put down a deposit at a venue in new york at the new york historical society um which is like a beautiful museum and we were going to do that in we had a hold on a date for November 1st and they had, you know, given us like a really good like conditions for or like contract terms for canceling or postponing or whatever. So we, you know, we thought that that was like a good idea. But now that they're learning that Corona basically like the issue is being indoors with a lot of people like yeah. over an extended period of time. So while people can have these outdoor weddings and like people are doing like outdoor parties and I feel like they're like somewhat safer and obviously we're not trying to like break guidelines for the wedding like that's not like a good look whatsoever and also just like we have people who we want to be healthy so we just weren't sure what to do but so it's kind of come to our you know attention that an indoor wedding is going to be a lot harder to pull off than an outdoor wedding but at the same time like you still can't we can't cut our guest list below 100 people that's like our issue we really need like at least to be able to have 100 people like even 50 people like is not enough because avi has like 40 people in his family to start. So we really need to be able to like have a guest list of a hundred people. So, but we can't do that this summer. So for a bit, we were thinking like maybe we could try to do that. But then once we realized like it's too many people still, we were like, okay, let's push that to June. So our plan is basically to, but then June felt like too long. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a ceremony in his parents' backyard. I think at the end of August with just immediate family Maybe we'll put it on Zoom for people, but like, you know, it's not, it's really just the ceremony and like we'll have our yeah. own little 
celebration, just literally like immediate family. Although Johnny, your aunt may have to come because yeah. you have to drive my mom from Florida. <laughs> I was gonna say you, you can cut you can cut the business and the lavishes off the list if you have to. Only well, she might have to like come with my mom from Florida, but we'll see, we'll see how that works out. But also, like we may have to cut this part out of the podcast. I don't want to. I don't want to like piss her off. So we'll any beef? Yeah, I don't want there to be beef. So TBD. Um, but so basically. Uh, we, we're going to do just like a really intimate small ceremony at the end of August. And then next June, we want to like rent a backyard in like Long Island or the Hamptons or wherever and basically do like a party with like 100 people and kind of depending on like what's safe to do, we'll set it up that way. But even if it's just sort of like a chill thing where we have, like, a meal and people are, like, a little farther apart and you have music and, like, even if it's just, like, that kind of vibe, like, I'm honestly, like, okay with that. And that's kind of what we wanted anyway. We wanted it to feel, like, really, like, intimate and, like, homey from the beginning. So that's what we're hoping to do, like, when you're allowed to have an event with 100 people. Yeah. my uh my good my good friend uh Taylor Fernandez it was in a similar situation of as you guys and he actually ended up having his wedding I think with like just immediate family and that looked beautiful but I was so upset because like I wanted to go so bad I was gonna fly to Michigan had it all planned out but how many people did you were you guys gonna have like let's say you no coronavirus what were you guys expecting and then like how like how are you guys gonna downsize that's just crazy so two we were having like two fifty. Okay. And, or we were, we invited like 300, but like a lot of them were like courtesy invites or like friends of grandparents. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know how yeah, those yeah. lists form. So what we did recently was create like the essential guest list. And it's like the essential guest list is really like a hundred people. And then there's like 30 overflow. Those are the people who we like really need to like, that we genuinely care are yeah. there and who I think they genuinely care about being there most. So Cutting it to that is, like, once you kind of focus it, it's okay. Um, I also think the pandemic has sort of, like, focused, like, who are you, you know, who do you, like, really care about? That's a good question. Yeah, it is. Who you keeping in touch with? Who's more, like, intimate with you? Yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah. Like, what are your conversations like these days with people? So now when you sit down your uh, your wedding invitations or, or whatever it is, you think it's or, or not not just you specifically, but people in general nowadays during a pandemic. So do you think that people should send back like, all right, a negative test result. Now I can come into your party or what? Like every guest mandatory negative test result. Now you can come to my wedding. <laughs> I don't know if we would do that, but we would definitely do like temperature checks and then probably yeah. honestly ask people to wear masks for certain elements of the wedding um i kind of am envisioning like a setup that literally envision like a huge backyard and just having like so much space for people to like move around but honestly like we would ask people to wear masks we would probably also do these like bracelets that people are doing like where you where it's like if red if like you don't want anyone to come near you oh that's so cool yellow if you're like down to talk like (laughs) green if you're green if you want to hop in the grinding circle exactly yeah college stoplight party (laughs) yeah that's amazing also you guys have to like realize like i'm a 31 like the like weddings get like wild but it's not the same as when you're like 24 and like (laughs) want it you know want it to be like a complete rager so at this point i'm like 
you know, some of my friends like are having kids. It's really crazy. Like mm-hmm. I know, I know it's like, pretty wild. I can't <laughs> so, imagine it. Um, but it's like okay for us to make it like a little bit more low key. And yeah. Talking about but, rager, talking about ragers though, I do want to talk about another rager that a lot of kids have at 13 years old, and that's their bar and bat mitzvah. And I know mine was an absolute rager. So how was yours? Tell us about it. Um, what was the theme? My theme was Sam I Am. Oh, that's, that's, all the... that's unique. That's unique. Yeah. So it was it was kind of like almost a Dr. Seuss themed mix with like shit that I like. So it was kind of like the centerpieces were like things that I liked. I don't even know what I like liked at the time, like movies, travel. Hopkins. Like... Yeah, like so, <laughs> Webkins were not like that was. Oh, so I was a big Webkin guy. Yeah, I think I don't even like remember having a Webkin. Like, no, I was a Club I don't know, what else? Club Penguin yeah. was my thing. Maybe like AIM. I don't. I honestly don't even remember. But that was kind of, and everything was decorated like the Dr. Seuss characters, like holding shit that I like. <laughs> I don't even know what I liked when I was thirteen. Like, what do you even like when you're thirteen? Like, it's probably just like shoes, clothes, maybe. No, yeah. I mean, maybe Dr. Seuss holding a dreidel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably like, oh, I'm me coding my, my AOL profile to have like yeah, right. my brat dolls. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. I, I don't know. I couldn't think of one thing that I like. My the dancers at my bar mitzvah wore Hooters t shirts, so I guess that's Mine was, like, a little bit more low-key, but I remember at the time I was really obsessed with the movie Moulin Rouge, so my friends sang me a song to the tune of, like, Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend, but it was, like, uh-huh. Sammy is a Girl's Best Friend. Was that after Candle Number 13? Yeah, after Candle <laughs> well, Number 13, we did the memory candles and, like, the performances by the friends. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, speaking of, speaking of candles, I was just going to bring this up. I was talking to one of my good friends, and... I feel like every bar bat mitzvah, there's one person in your family. Like mine was my aunt who writ all, wrote all my candles out in a rhyme form and everything like that. So it's just like, your friends, come on down, blah, blah, blah. Tell me, tell me that was the same thing with you. Oh, except I did it because like, that's the kind of child I was. <laughs> like I was <laughs> enjoy the doing that. Um, yeah, no, there were services that you could hire that would do that for you. I feel like that's like Shaylee a good way to make money because that shit is so easy. Like. <laughs> It is, yeah, right. Hey, I'll write your candle lighting for your bar mitzvah, just a new candle lighting writing service. Yeah. If honestly, if the business, if Betches ever goes under, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> well, you could have like a Betches bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah kind of like aspect to your company maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's like a lot of creative energy to get like bespoke yeah. Betches candle lighting. Well, with how popular you guys are, I could even see a girl's bar mitzvah theme being Betches. Who knows? Like, oh, 100%. That'd be so you know I mean? cool. That would actually be, you know... If if uh, maybe me I don't know maybe if I how would you feel about <laughs> you being a centerpiece at a girl's bat mitzvah on a table? That would be so fucking creepy. Like <laughs> I that's isn't that weird? Like how people sort of like idolize celebrities enough that they would like make another person like let's say it's Kim Kardashian because that's someone who would be like more likely I'm like not. that someone else would like idolize Kim Kardashian enough to like bring them into their own space. Oh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's also the same thing with like athletes and and like older men like you have 50 year old dudes buying the jersey of a 20 year old kid like it's kind of weird right i actually (laughs) never thought of it that way yeah right it's like this kid just graduated college six minutes ago and you're like you're wearing wearing his jersey i mean like 
I'm not I lying. Guilty. Guilty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Guilty. Like, I do that all the time. We're still close <laughs> enough in age, though. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're in their age. But we're like, like peers. Sammy, I do want to go into uh, something different a little bit. If you can remember, did you ever go to Israel on, like, birthright or anything like that? Or have you gone for just, like, leisure? Yeah. No, I've been to Israel, like, for a lot. Um, I went on – the first time I ever went was on birthright in 2012, like, right after college. I loved it. I mean, it's just – it's a, it's amazing. Um, and then I went on, like, a few more trips through, like, Jewish organizations. And then I actually, like, lived in Israel and was, like, observant of Shabbat and, like, all that stuff for, like – I lived in Israel for, like, nine months. And then oh, nice. I, like, observed Shabbat after that for, like, two, three years. It's a pretty, like, crazy story, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Tell us. Yeah. Tell us. I mean, I got very, like, post – kind of, like, post-college or even starting, like, in college – I got, like, very into Judaism. I mean, like, just exploring it is, like, a very – learning about Judaism, like, on a deeper level is really very beautiful. Like, once you kind of get past, like, the stuff – like, the Hebrew school, like, obligation and, like, the bar mitzvah where you're just, like, going and you want to have your party with your Hooter shirts and, like, all that shit. <laughs> like, I get that. Like, I did not step foot in a temple after my bat mitzvah. And I just, like, didn't care. But then kind of, like, when I went to college, I realized, like, oh, not everyone is Jewish because, like, you grew up in Roslyn and you sort of, you're like, oh, it's not special. Like, you know. Everyone's like this. Everyone's a Jew. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone's got a crazy mom. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, we're okay, whatever. But it's funny because my parents, when I, I went to Cornell, but um, when I had gotten into college, I got into Cornell and then I got into UVA on like a full scholarship and I wanted to go to UVA because I was like, I want to go somewhere different. There were like 15 people in my grade going to Cornell and I wanted something else. But my parents were like, even though it was free, they still wanted me to go to Cornell. And like, Mm -hmm. I remember at the time, like my mom saying to me, like, you're not going to like UVA. Like there's no one like you there. And I was like, what do you mean? There's no one like me there. She's like, you know, like (laughs) Jewish. And I was like, okay, so what? And I didn't understand why that was significant. Meanwhile, cut to Cornell. I only hang out with the Jewish kids. <laughs> like, not even intentionally. It's just sort of like I went there. I had a lot of friends starting out, ultimately started my business with other people yeah. who I was childhood friends with. So, like, didn't quite branch out. So I did become more appreciative of what it meant to, like, be Jewish and more, like, intellectually interested in it. So then I, like, went, you know, after college, like, we were working on batches, but we were mostly working, like, in our homes. Like, it was mostly, like, a remote thing that we were doing just, like, you know, kind of starting the business. We hadn't hired anyone yet. So I got, like, really interested in this. And, like, Shabbat is, like, it's really, like, a beautiful thing, like, the idea of having, like, a time set aside to kind of, like, decompress and be with, like, family and, like, prioritize. And I feel that having that experience has, like, helped me, like, become a little bit deeper in certain ways. Then I went to Israel and honestly, like it's a really, like I went to like learn about like Judaism, like to a seminary. And I went thinking a little bit differently than like what it was. Um, Like I didn't fully understand like what it meant to be like religious and like all of the things that come with it. But I, I went along with it. Like there's something that is very like interesting about like being immersed in a life like that. Um, that's like very different from anything I've ever experienced where the values are sort of like fundamentally different. And I feel that it like exposed me a lot to like other viewpoints. Like I'm very, I'm very liberal and like 
I had always kind of grown up thinking like, oh, like religious thinking is very backwards and like all those women are oppressed and that kind of thing. But being like amongst the experience of it, like it really isn't that simple. Like it's not what it appears necessarily to be on the outside to, you know, a lot of us. Um, so I did get a very like nice experience out of it. But ultimately what happened was like, when I came home from Israel, like this didn't really like fit with my lifestyle of like running a company. And like, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who like responds very well to like restriction. And I just felt that the lifestyle was like way too restrictive for me that even though there were like many beautiful things that came with it, like I just wasn't me. Like, like I said, like I'm really like a very liberal person. Like I'm, and I don't mean that like just only in my political views. I mean that in like my life philosophy, like a very like live and let live and like, the a religious community is much more like in your business. Like you have to like do the shit. And like, I didn't want to like live that way. And then honestly, what happened was like, as I was feeling this way, like my, my grandmother passed away and then my brother passed away a week later during her Shiva. And it was, that was like the, a crazy experience. Like, and, yeah. and you have to think like when you're, when you're, you have a relationship with God through being religious and then something like that can like happen. It's really like shake, like it really shakes you. And after that, I was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm not like doing this anymore. Like this isn't for me. I don't really care. I'm just like really angry. So I basically like dropped that. But plot twist, while I was religious, I had actually met Avi, who is now my fiance. So a friend actually like brought me to a Shabbat dinner at his house. I met him. I assumed he was religious also because like in the context I met him, like I just thought you're having um, a Shabbat dinner at your house. You're definitely religious. Yeah. But okay. So here's the interesting part. He actually wasn't religious. He's the only person in his family who decided to not be religious. He's like the only child who wasn't, but in that context, I didn't realize that, but like we had, in that, you know, hit it off kind of, and like, yeah. he's younger, he's younger than me, but so I thought like, oh, he's way more religious than me, he's younger than me, this isn't going to ever be a thing, but we like reconnected ultimately, and like, we eventually became like friends, and I realized like, oh, as I was like, not being religious anymore, I realized, oh, he's actually not religious either, and like, we actually had like a really like strong connection, and we started How dating. How did he get you? Did he say, did he say, ah, you want to cut the holla? And then you're like, oh man, I'm locked in. (laughs) Never. He's like, he's like not in, he's really like not into it. Like he feels like the same way as I do about it. Like, don't tell me what to do. Like, you don't (laughs) want to like, you know, live like your own life. And of course, but at the same time, I do feel really lucky because like kind of those values that I had like, and the positive things I had taken from this experience, he really like was you know raised with those things so i feel like that is really amazing you know amazing element of the fact that you know we had had this shared experience and that he had come from this background definitely yeah and we are literally going to get married like where we met at his house (laughs) that's awesome yeah so, so now how do you implement like like you said the jewish culture and how you feel about judaism or you know just the overall culture in general into the rest of your company because it is kind of a Jewish based foundation in a sense. I mean, the three of us are Jewish. I think in the beginning we thought we were kind of writing for like Japs, you know, like Long Island people. Mm -hmm. And 
we realized that it was really so much more than that. So, you know, we're not too focused on like the Jewy, Jewiness, but like, um, <laughs> but, but the three of us are so naturally it comes up in podcasts. Like it's part of who we are. Like my, my, my grandparents were in Auschwitz. Like I think about that all the time. Like it's just like there's, it's just there as like a presence for me and like how I live. And honestly, I feel like I learned a lot. You know, I mentioned, like, when I went to seminary, like, I feel like I learned a lot about leadership when I was there. Not, like, a, like I didn't take, like, a leadership class or anything. But, like, I feel like there were certain values that I – or certain concepts that I learned about that really helped me in thinking about, like, running a company. And the number one thing would be that, like, being a leader is really, like, about – the people that you're leading more than it is about you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not really about like your, your glorification or your credit, but about like empowering and providing the support for the people who you are leading and providing an example for them. And that I think is something that I bring with me every day to the company or I try to, I try to. (laughs) So speaking of the company, um, I want to know how you guys actually started the company and who came up with the name and how did you guys think of it? Um, so we came up, we, we started the company on our, in our apartment in Ithaca. It was literally like, it was mid-February, like the coldest, most miserable month. Like no one does anything in February in Ithaca. And there were like, at the time, there were a bunch of like websites that were like stuff white people like, like those list websites, if you remember. And we were like, we should totally start one. And we had had, at first we wanted to start a Twitter account. Then we were like, we should start a blog. We eventually settled on a blog um, so that we could like elaborate more in basically what we were thinking. But the, the name Betches, like we didn't make the, up the name Betch. Like that was a term that people Yeah, like what's used. up Betch? Hey Betch. Yeah. <laughs> or like Biatch. Like it's like, it's the way that people were saying bitch in like yeah. more colloquial ways at the time. So that's how it started but we didn't want to use bitch because bitch is so disempowering and degrading as a as a word so betch is kind of like the satirical version of that it's catchy as hell i'm not yeah it is really thank you were you just i can just picture you guys like oh like they trying to think of names oh stop it bitch and then you're just like you know what wait a second i think we got something (laughs) yeah i don't know how i don't know exactly like which one of us said the word the whole thing was like a project that came to light yeah. like all together. Um, and we wrote our first post, maybe even like our first two the first night, I want to say. Um, and at first we were like, it was like our secret project. Um, but we were always like pretty creative. Like we were always at before Betches, like we would always have like funny ideas for like businesses we could start. Like just as a, just as like kind of an ongoing joke, like it's, not even a joke, but like it must just kind of be our personalities to like want to create something because that is ultimately what we we did. I want to hear about the other fucked up names you guys probably brought to the surface before you even came to Betches. <laughs> um, I will tell you what our first um, one of the ideas was like confessions of a narcissist, but that was like too long or something. <laughs> not as not as uh, as catchy, I guess, or easy to, to roll off the tongue. Yeah, what you- yeah. What are your thoughts on the locker room name? We had a few we were trying to throw around. Our first one was matzo ballers. (laughs) I like locker room more. How do you feel about the connotations with locker room talk? Or do you not think about that because it's really more of a sports thing? Well, that's like kind of what we're kind of going for, like the locker room talk just with Jewish people, essentially. 
Right. Exactly. Jewish locker room talk. Yeah, trying to like, we're, trying to like we're, we're trying to bridge, not bridge the gap, but essentially, yes, bridge the gap. So, like, when people talk about Jews or think about Jews, they're like, oh, I don't want to say anything that's going to upset anybody and stuff like that. And, like, from Laz and I's standpoint, like, we've played hockey on teams where we're the only Jewish people. Like, we've had, like, so that's kind of, like, where it all began and, like, telling stories and stuff like that. So I was going to ask you, actually, what is it like to be a Jewish athlete? Because, you know, there are, you know, some stereotypes out there. I don't know where people get this idea that Jews are not athletes. I mean, I was just going to say, like, I'm, I've heard it somewhere else. And people, was, like, my cousin Jason told me when I was 10 years old, Jason, you know very well, obviously. I told him I wanted to be in the NBA. He goes, you're a five-foot Jewish kid from Long Island. You're not going to the NBA. How did he know that at age 10? Like, Because I he sucked that. at basketball, so he wanted to ruin my dreams. <laughs> well, did you, I don't know. Did one of his parents tell him that? Probably. I don't know if you guys watch South Park. Uh, oh, I love South Park. You do? Oh, okay, I love okay. you, Thank South God. Park. So the, so, so the episode where, um, where uh, what's his, oh, my God. Kyle? Um, Kyle thank you. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> I'm so bad with names, but I've watched every episode. So the episode where Kyle gets like the rhinoplasty or whatever and tries to turn himself into a basketball player. Oh yeah. And he's like, cause he's Jewish and he all, he wants to play basketball with everybody else, but he can't. And then he tries to get all the attributes to play basketball and, and then he breaks his legs. Moral of the story, but such a funny episode. I know the, the Jewish jokes via Kyle and South Park, like is, that is my favorite thing because obviously <laughs> like connect to it. Also Cartman, but yeah. Yeah. Another story. See, there's, there's, see, that's the thing too. Like we, we tried something. There's, of course, there's a line you never want to cross. And like when, when, it, when, when talking about anything, but like when shows like South Park, a Family Guy, like involve Jewish, like funny Jewish things into the, it, it, I love it. Like I don't know if you watch Family Guy either, but there was one where it's like there's a flock of Jews coming at the, uh, I, I don't know how to describe, it, but it's so funny. Yeah, no, I, I'm not as much into Family Guy, but I, I love South Park. Like I think. I love that animated shows can take jokes so much farther than like live action shows because it's like if you're making a racist joke in live action, like you're making a racist joke to a human. Like it's not the same as like a satirical cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. You look at Big Mouth too. Big Mouth's been hilarious. I don't know if you've seen Big Mouth, but it's the same I've kind of vibe. I've seen it, but I have not like watched it. You would oh, love you it. I think you'd love it. Yeah. Like, okay. Roll is so funny. Okay, I recommend it. Okay, I'll check it out for sure. But, but Sam, I also want to ask you, when did you realize that Betches could be more of a career as opposed to just a hobby that you guys were kind of having fun with? So there were a lot of points along the way um, where we re- where, you know, I think we realized pretty early on that it could be something. It was just sort of indeterminate, like not determined like what that was. But the first big thing to happen was that we got our book deal at from Simon and Schuster pretty shortly after we um, graduated college. So we had like started working with a book agent right after college. So it wasn't like, Oh, we're lost for a long period of time. Like there was a rolling interest from, from outside people, which helped us to see that it could go somewhere. It was just not clear where and what direction like we wanted to, or were really even capable of taking it at that point. And then along Basically, that book agent told us we had to, like, keep growing the platform, a.k.a., like, the website. Um, So that then became, like, our next phase. Um, And since then, it's just, you know, we didn't hire our first employee until 2015, like, mid-2015. So we had had several years. We had interns and, like, freelancers, but we didn't have, like, a full-time salaried employee until then. And it wasn't, you know, we didn't grow exponentially, like, some, like, super high-growth startups. We grew pretty steadily, and now we have just under 30 people. 
as Betcha, you talked about your platform, and as Betches continue to get bigger and bigger, when did you realize that you can use your platform to bring light to certain things that are going on in the world? I mean, we started the Betches Stop, which was our news and politics, which is our news and politics vertical. We started we started that in 2015, um, as the election was kind of getting crazy, but also like a little more clownish than politics had ever been before, because Donald Trump was entering the race and. It, he, I don't know if you guys, like, really remember, like, but it was, like, even wild for the time, just, like, in a funnier way almost. That is when we started. Like, when we – we when Betches first began in 2011, like, our second post was about, like, not keeping up with the news. So it was pretty, like, apolitical. And we had started, like, writing about, like, more interesting political scandals but never really focused on it because um, we'd always wanted to, like, maintain sort of an escapism. But – Around the 2016 election, people, our, our audience was getting more, you know, active and involved. And, you know, that term woke came around. Um, and basically, we realized that we could kind of handle this in a humorous and enlightening and entertaining way. And that that would really be a good fit for us. And that we didn't have to, like, be super serious about the news for it to, you know, for, for us to be able to cover that. Along the way, when you start a company with three people you grew up with, went to college with, there has to be some kind of challenges or maybe even surprises that you guys face since you all literally have known each other since I'm sure you were, what, five years old? Can you, t- yeah. can you talk about just starting a company with your friends and, and some of the challenges or surprises you, you've experienced? Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I feel like it's sort of like almost like a sibling relationship. Like, we are – we have known each other longer and spent more time together and – are, are more financially tied even than like we are to our like partners in some ways. <laughs> no, not beyond because like one of my partners is married, one is is has a boyfriend. Like we are at this point like it's it's an incredibly like intimate and like close relationship. But it's and it you know obviously like we're growing together. Like it's been almost a decade. Like February will be ten years, and in that time, like the twenty your twenties is like a huge decade where you change and you evolve a lot. And three of us have been that, you know, doing that while running this business and while the business has been evolving. But, you know, ultimately it's a really, I think, amazing relationship in the sense that like we're in this together. We trust each other. We know each other really well. We know what we're good at and what we're not good at. And it's a really, it's really a very special thing. I'm not going to say that like, you know, everything is always like positive and perfect. Like it's, you know, we obviously have disagreements and, you know, sometimes you have tension and that's to be expected. But ultimately, like, we really care about each other and, you know, want the best for each other. So it's a it's really it's a pretty crazy like life story. I, I it's, it's obviously something that is kind of taught to you at a young age, like business and pleasure in a sense, I guess. Right. So I'm sure like, obviously, there's things that you guys don't always agree on, and sometimes it could affect a friendship or whatever. And then, in retrospect, you have, you do have to remember that, like, the core to you is, like, best friends, and then at the end of the day, it's just – it's a, it's a business thing. Yeah, and I mean, I think, especially earlier, uh, like, when, we're, when we were, like, 22 and doing 23, and, yeah. like, the idea of, like, business and pleasure, like, there's no real understanding of, like, the proper boundaries for that. Like, we had just come from living together. And, like, traveling together and, like, all this, like, you know, even, like, you do weekends together. And finding, like, the boundaries, I think, were was challenging for us. And we have worked on it. Like, we've actively worked on figuring out what those are. 
Um, the other element is that like we we share a lot of skills, or at least we you know started off sharing a lot of the same skills. And as we've learned more about ourselves, I think that our skills have become more defined and like who's good at what. But in the beginning, we all saw ourselves as like super creative, and we just wanted to like make jokes. The whole satire aspect is is what makes it successful. I think. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so, Sammy, I feel like everybody's got like a bucket list of who they want to work with or who they want on their podcast. I know Johnny's. Everybody knows Johnny's. Little Dicky. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm sure you've got to work with some amazing celebrities. Who are a few of those, and who's somebody that you still want to work with so bad that you haven't been able to yet? Oh my gosh, we have worked with Katie Couric. Oh my gosh, we've worked with like so many people. Lindsay Lohan. It's hard to like remember. Honestly, I'm trying to like think about who I take in like Instagrams with Eliza Schlesinger. Um, what's her name? Michelle Wolf, Whitney Cummings. Like, but it's crazy. Did you ever think that like this was gonna happen? You're like, I'm actually like meeting these people and like working with them. You know, when I was younger. Oh, here's what I liked when I was 13. I loved celebrities. <laughs> like, I oh, loved there you celebrities. Go. When I was younger, I really wanted to be like, I dreamed of like going to the Oscars or the Golden Globes and like being on the red carpet as like an, in- like an interviewer. And I actually like got to do that. Like I went to the Golden Globes. No one spoke to me, but, um, I was there. <laughs> I was on the red carpet. <laughs> no, Jamila Jamil spoke to me. She was like the only one. Um, but okay. My like dream, dream person. That is tough. Like, maybe, like, I have so many, to be honest, like, Amy Schumer or Michelle Obama or, like, my personal favorite person ever is Meryl Streep. But, like, I don't think she's, like, in brand for betches. Um, but if we did work with her, it would be top of my bucket list. Yeah. She was a betch in Big Little Lies, that's for sure. She is – oh, I love her. She's the greatest. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, Beyonce wouldn't be so bad. I love Taylor Swift. Yeah, there's and it also depends like on the on the context of the the relationship. Something I've learned is like, oh, you always just want to like get any celebrity like they're a good get, but some genuinely like are a better fit than others. I mean, we've experienced oh, yeah, some, yeah, definitely. Uh, yes, I mean, like you were gonna say, some some have a lot more stories, some are more personable, some so you you really never know what you're gonna get until they're on the podcast or you're, you're speaking with them. Yeah, I hear Kristen Bell is really nice, so I would love to talk to her. Oh, I love Kristen. Oh, Bell. you yeah. know who? And her husband, who was, whatever his name is. Dax. You know who is? Yeah, um, you know who is a great Olivia Wilde is the nicest, most down to earth person I think ever. Oh, is she Jewish? Get it? Let's get her. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Not, yeah. Do you only allow Jews on the podcast? Not not necessarily. We've had, like, people who, you know, um, what's the word, converted. But it's just essentially, like, we're trying to get all different perspectives on the Jewish culture. So, like, if there's someone who just, like, feels strongly about Judaism that's not Jewish, we'd love to have them. And that's just our niche. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And, and that's just our niche, right? Like, I mean, we've ran into so many people who aren't Jewish who are like, oh, my God, I love the idea, blah, blah, blah. So obviously that's our niche. We want to get Jewish people on here. But at the end of the day, we can make some exceptions. It helps that most Jewish people, like, do feel like I, like, pride over their Jewishness. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's a it's a good hook for guests. It, no, it's it's funny. We, we posted an Instagram post the other day, and my good friend Hunter Goldberg, um, his last <laughs> – Goldberg, right? He gotta be, gotta be a Jew, right? Gotta be. Yeah. So Laz is like, uh, he, I forgot what the whole comment was, but Laz commented from our locker room page and was like, "Yeah, we'll have you on like anytime or something like that or whatever it was." And I'm like, Laz, you know he's not Jewish. And Laz is like, "Shut the fuck up. Like that's impossible. <laughs> There's no right. way a kid with the last name Goldberg is not Jewish." <laughs> right. How do you end up with the last? How do you get that last name? 
It's just not possible. Yeah, right. You got to have some ties to some Israeli blood. It's got to happen. Someone. <laughs> but, Check your 23 and me or don't because the government is fully like stealing your shit. But, yeah, and Sammy, you know how Jewish geography works, so we're trying to just like put that into podcast form, like connections and connect people to other people. Like we actually, funny story, Ruthie Polinsky is a good friend of ours. She came on; she was our like I think episode five, and we had Jared Fried on episode four. Who I'm sure you know Jared pretty well because yes, uh, he works. He's a host at Betches. Yeah, exactly. Yes, the Up Pod, right? That's Betches. Yes. So Jared's brother actually is now dating Ruthie, just like yeah. matched with her on Hinge or whatever, but saw and saw she was on our podcast and like made that connection. And like, we're bringing people together, you know, that's where we're, we're uh, a Cupid podcast. That is, that is too funny. I have to listen to your episode with Jared. I, I mean, I love listening to like Jared's podcast. I listen to like all the you up episodes. I listen to J train. Like he's mm-hmm. so great. So, awesome. so I'm excited so to hear that one from you guys. It was so- it was such a good interview, interview, but bear with us. It was, I think Jared was like our second episode drop. We didn't get the fresh mics in yet. The audio might be a little iffy, but the personality was still there. It was so I mean, great. You should have heard our podcast from the early days of quarantine. Like you would think that we just <laughs> were starting a company. Like it's, yeah. Well, speaking of that, Sammy, where do you see Betches like five years from now? What do you guys like want to achieve most as a company? Oh my gosh. Five years. That is like, too long a time horizon but i mean obviously you know we want to i mean let's say like we just really want to like expand into more more topics you know we'll probably start like a mom's vertical so i'm okay here's the thing i'm not sure what i'm supposed to share from this so (laughs) yeah you're good no no spoilers no spoilers thank you (laughs) no no i appreciate it come on give us something you got to give us a little snippet of something for the okay i'll give you that's in the works okay um Something is that we would love to do in the next five years is a product. Something that I think that you guys would really enjoy. And that's the, only hint, that's the only hint I can give you. It's, let's it. just say more unisex than for men. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's some I'm, things that are just my universal. Mind is spinning yeah, right now. I just want to start shouting out stuff. My mind's What's spinning. What's the most like obvious thing? I was my first thought was yoga mats. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. I'm thinking you said unisex, so I'm thinking something like in the bedroom that you got that could be used. <laughs> I mean, you could use it in the bedroom, but I think most people oh. use this outside the bedroom. Okay. And now my eye, yeah, we could spend. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna think about this for the next couple of days, and I'm gonna. Okay, I left you with a riddle. Yeah, I yeah, love it. Sure. I love it. Well, hopefully we'll we'll be able to to hear this idea sooner or later come to flour- fruition or light. I'll just tell you happens. after we stop recording. Okay. Love it. <laughs> Other than that, though, Sammy, it's time for another installment of the Matzo Ball matzo, Minute matzo, Questions. Matzo. I'm going to rattle off a few questions for you. Nothing too serious. Um, and then just give me your response. Please elaborate if you want. Okay. Diner or delicatessen? Diner. Diner. Landmark? Yeah. <laughs> you, walk into, you walk into a diner, what's the go-to meal? They got such big menus. It's like, mm. how do you fucking choose? That's the only Either. thing I, that, that that's, like, upsetting. Okay, if it's before noon, eggs. If it's afternoon, a grilled cheese or a chicken Caesar wrap with fries, both. So, like, growing up, like, I'm asking you guys this. Like, you're tw- you guys are tw- when you're in your 20s or whatever and you're after the bar. Is, like, a diner, like, the thing to go to? Like, 24-hour diner and shit like that? Yeah, not – more so when you're, like, in college and you're going home. But once – I feel like once you're in the city, it's seamless. Yeah. yeah. Or you it's pick up pizza. I would say more like a, like pizza, yeah. Yeah. Like when you're home from college, you're getting high with your friends, you drive to a diner at midnight for a shake and some fries. Somewhere. Yeah, or like after the 319 train. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now it's just Cats' Deli. Yeah. 
Right, oh, which is start. better, way better. <laughs> right, you either, in the city, it's either, like, you make it an event, like, you go to, like, Artichoke or Katz's, like, somewhere good, or you seamless. <laughs> or you pick up from the pizza stop place on, like, the corner in Murray Hill, you know the one? Yeah, or Wohop, too. There's there's actually so many. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, see, Wohop <laughs> is, like, I'm not a New, New Yorker like you guys. Obviously, my parents grew up there and shit like that. I lived there for three years, but Wohop is, in my opinion, the best Chinese food I've ever had in anywhere. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't usually do Chinese, like, after, you know, like, 10. <laughs> well, no, I'm not talking about after the bar. I'm just talking about Chinese food on oh, a nice casual afternoon in general. But yeah. speak, speaking of food, potato latkes or matzo ball soup? Potato latkes. Sour yeah, cream yeah. or applesauce? Neither. I like to put sugar on the latkes. Really? Yeah. Your first for us. It's just try it. Trust me. Laz with Clean the ketchup, sugar. Sammy with the sugar. Ketchup is ketchup. If not sugar, then ketchup. Yes, I get shown yeah. all the time. I put ketchup on everything. It's like French fries. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. – would you ever dip a French fry in applesauce? Are you kidding? Yeah. Dude, Sammy, oh, my God. So it's it's one of those, but it's one of those things. It's one of those things. It's like a, one of the Jewish foods that's like – it's a staple, applesauce or sour cream. I know, but Jewish foods are like not so, – so it's not really known to be the best cuisine, so maybe we could just say that they're wrong. So do you like, <laughs> do you like, do you like ranch with your French fries? Ranch no. no. I mean, okay. I don't I was dislike say, it. Ranch and I don't dislike it, but like it's it's I'm really going a Russian dressing, a chipotle oh, yeah. mayo. So Russian dressing on potato latkes, would you try it? I would. Same. Yeah. Russian yeah. Dressing. Sour cream also makes no sense to me, but I feel like yeah. that's actually more of like an Eastern European that actually kind of makes sense with that vibe. I'm putting I'm I'm, I'm gonna put together a nice big potato latke, some roast beef, a little yeah. Thousand Island dressing, and then another potato latke on top. That's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Getting off food a little bit. Nicki Minaj or Rihanna? Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna's my girl. I fuck with yeah. that, too. Good, good <laughs> answer. Good answer. Jonah Hill or Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen. Same. Sharper. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Jonah's just – he just confuses me with the fluctuating weight in every movie. I just can't take him sometimes. I think Seth Rogen is, like, a little more – he feels a little more secure to me. Yeah, yeah. I guess that, that could be driven by the weight, and I hate to, like – <laughs> no, it's not even that. I'm not judgmental at all about it. It just confuses me. But I think it's actually amazing how you can cut weight so fast for specific roles. I think it's I so impressive. Seth Rogen just feels a little more mature. And Seth Rogen's the same. You know what you're getting in every movie from Seth. You know what you're getting. Yeah. The same yeah. typical Jewish humor. That's true. And he's, and he's probably smoking like three blunts in the movie, every movie. He's probably like also a better dad. Like, do they both have kids? I don't think Jonah Hill has kids. There's no shot. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's still a kid. Yeah. Maybe that's like the attraction. I'm just like not attracted to like. Yeah, <laughs> that makes that makes total sense. He's just like too young. Twitter or TikTok? That's hard. Um, I mm, TikTok has more room for creativity, but it's really annoying that you need to listen with sound, and it doesn't enable you. Like, not every situation in your life enables you to do that. So Twitter is easier. Um, and also can be very entertaining, although it is sort of a hell spiral sometimes. Yeah. It's hard. It's a hard one. That's fine. Now you have my reasoning, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, like, waiting for the next one because it looks like you're about to just, like, scream run out, like, TikTok or just something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we'll continue, though. So I might fuck up this name, even though Laz and I are huge Bachelor Nation guys. I might fuck this name up. Ben Higgins or Nick Vale? Ben Higgins. Nick Vial is the Vial. Vial. I don't I actually don't even think I said it right. I that's how I say it, but I don't know if I'm right. 
no, I'm not a fan of his. Of his, <laughs> of his. Um, ben Higgins seems like such a nice guy, though. Yeah, he does. Um, I love Ben. That that is like not even a competition. You have to make that harder. Ben Higgins or gave us somebody else. Pilot Pete. Well, that's easy too. No, Pilot Pete sucks. Uh, (laughs) Pilot. Pilot's the worst. A harder one would be like Mike Johnson or. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you know who Mike is? Nah. You know who Mike Johnson is? And he dated Demi Lovato. Yeah, he dated Demi for a little bit. Good for him. See, that's harder. Ben Higgins or Mike Johnson. I don't see. Here's the thing. I, I. Follow the bat- the Bachelor only very shallowly because I actually think it's a trash show. Um, but I know who everyone is. So, and I used to in the beginning, the early days of Bachelor, we recapped it. Like it was my part time job. Bachelor and now, recapping. And now, and now Jared Freed's the aficionado Bachelor recapper. Yeah, but we do have a we have the Bachelor podcast, so we have other recappers, yeah. and someone else writes, writes it on the site. So we still, you know, hang in the best the Bachelor space. Bachelor Nation, I love it. Slope Day or Coachella? Oh my gosh, this is probably sounds so lame, but Slope Day, Coachella's fucking so hot and uncomfortable, and you have to walk <laughs> forever, and it's just everyone taking photos of themselves, and like you never actually get to experience the music. <laughs> That's a good response. That's a good response. Um, last one before we got a question. Although, wait, I will just oh, say oh, I've oh, really oh. I've only been to Coachella in like a work capacity. I never like went for just being friends. So it probably is colored by that because it's full of like, Oh, I have to go here and I have to go here. Although the actual festival is a hot mess as well. So (laughs) was there any better, uh, like, I guess person to perform at slope day than Nelly? (sighs) Honestly, like I was way too drunk before any performances ever happened. (laughs) I never saw a single one. I can't tell you. Yeah. Last one, and this might be a little controversial for you. Jordana or Aline? First of all, you mispronounced both of those names. These <laughs> are Aline and Jordana. I said Aline, and didn't I? I, I won't. Aline. Aline. Aline and Jordana. Aline. And I will not pick because they're both great for different reasons. We're just trying to mess you a little bit. No, I know. I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. That's, you no, know. You know, it's a, you know, different friends for different reasons, and you know, everyone has their has their like reasons that you love them, and I can't pick. So, Sammy, to wrap things up, we ask our guests the same thing, more of a deep question. If you could talk to the 15-year-old Sammy Fishbein, what kind of advice would you give her? Oh my gosh, don't give a fuck about what any of these idiots think, and stand by what you know is right. Beautifully yeah. short and sweet. Beautifully I said. Fucking yeah. love it. And maybe to, you. maybe to find some more things you like, too, since you don't know what you liked at 13 or 14. You know, I did, but I think that I cared too much about what people would think of them, to be yeah. honest. That's why I yeah. didn't know. That's fair. That was such a great answer. You sat back in your chair like I was getting ready for a nice two-minute response, and you're just like, bang. Thank baby. you. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. But, Sammy, we want to thank you so much for coming on. This was amazing. Um, anytime you want to come on again, I'm sure we'll be able to get you on in the future. Great. Thank you. you. Thanks, Sammy. Sammy. Talk soon. Bye. Another great episode with Sammy Fishbein. We're so happy she took the time to come on the podcast today. We hope everybody enjoyed it. I was extremely excited to hear like how she started and, and how she built her brand of Betches and everything like that. I thought it was so cool. But what would you guys think? 
I thought it was awesome how Sammy just like really opened up with us and told us the story about how her grandma and her brother died in the same week. I mean, obviously, um, for her to just really get deep with us and tell us that story, I feel like she doesn't tell many people that, or maybe she does, but, um, you know, it was, it was a big factor in her life and I really appreciated her just being open with us. You know, Maxie, I'm sure you had some takeaways also. what do you think? Yeah. I mean, you guys hit on most of the big points. A smaller thing for me, my brother went to Cornell and one thing he would always rave about with his friends is slope day. And to hear her to talk about slope day, compare it, I think it was slope day versus Coachella and yeah. she picked slope day. I, I enjoyed hearing that answer because I'm sure my brother and, and all of his friends would say the same thing. I mean, they're kind of like they're shitting on Coachella also. Yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect my brother and his friends to be big Coachella. Never been to Coachella. You guys been to Coachella? Nah, yeah. my, my, my friends were supposed to go uh, this past spring, I guess it's in the spring, right? Coachella, I think in the spring. Could not tell you. <laughs> I don't know. They're, yeah, they were supposed to go, but uh, obviously got canceled. But I, have you seen that Nelk Boys video? It's like the two guys standing at like the front of Coachella and they're like taking every girl's phones and saying, oh, how many Instagram followers do you have? Oh, under 20,000. You can't come in. Sorry. Like, it, was, it was so funny. But No, I haven't uh, seen that. I know, Cappy, you're, you're into like that kind of music though, right? Like you probably love Coachella. Oh, dude. That's like my, I would love to go to Coachella. That's like my, my thing. I haven't been to Ultra. I've been to like two music festivals. Um, one was at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami which was so cool. Like Court's, uh, Court's sister's fiance used to like work for like the alcohol company or something alcohol related in the fountain blue. So we got the hookup like backstage, got to bring a few of my boys. Um, that was actually the last time that I saw Avicii perform before he passed away, which was really cool. It was like a couple of years prior to him passing, but I was like, man, I'll always remember that. I know you're a big Avicii guy. I could see you just like a sweaty pit, Izu, like neon colored like guy no 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 oh, no, not no. The neon. god i'm dr- I'll, I'll tank top shorts dude and yeah I'm, i mean i'm a big boy so i'm dripping like <laughs> got but. the camelback backpack with the booze and the straw and shit <laughs> it's interesting to know i'm not like dude yeah with the, what, what do they call with the hands where they just like going in front of you what is that oh what's that <laughs> you know what i'm talking about? They put like the gloves on. They put like sparkles on your hands. It's oh, they call it like a light show. So people who are like tripping acid and like doing some crazy stuff at these concerts, mm-hmm. there's people who are just doing these hand things in front of them and just making them trip out. Wasn't there like what was that scandal? Like I feel like two years ago, people doing like sticking needles in each other at at raves or something. What? Oh the f- yeah, 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 no, what it was, was like no, no, no. It was it was something along the lines of like a guy was like going to these raves or like people were going to these raves and just had like needles filled with like diseases or stupid shit that's so messed up just like people were partying and just boop you walk over and just (laughs) yeah it's so fucked up well if if i heard about that and i was one of these people who goes to like raves all the time i would never show my face in there again i'd be so scared especially when you're partying and shit like that you don't pay attention you're just like oh yeah i got a little scratch on my you know something nothing happened I'm pretty sure my mom, Max, do you remember that thing in high school that was like Haunted Coliseum, the Nassau Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah, my mom was like, you can't go because there's people walking around sticking needles in each other and giving each other herpes or whatever. I was like, okay, I don't, I don't need to go anyway. <laughs> that is the typical Jewish mom advice that yeah. we'd love. Other than that, we want to thank Sammy so much for taking the time to come on. It was really enlightening and I really enjoyed this interview. Yeah, I do want to say another thanks to Sammy Fishbein. I've been really excited to post this episode for you guys. I also want to give one last shout out to our sponsor, Dude Robe. If you haven't yet, go to www.duderobe.com and get your Dude Robe for 20% off by using our promo code LAKA, L-A-T-K-E, at duderobe.com. But we want to thank everyone again for continuing to show the support. We got another episode coming this Sunday. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Talk to you later. See you guys.